Welcome. Welcome back. This is, I don't even know which episode of Creating Consciousness because I put it on hold last year. So welcome back, whoever did follow us before. Um, my name is Paige Elizabeth. I am a personal coach. I'm also an author of the book, Leading an Intentional Life. And this is, da, 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 da. go ahead and introduce yourself, hon. Um, we'll just go with Amy Sheesh, since that's my online name. I'm a ghostwriter and publisher. And um, I thank you, Paige, for inviting me on your podcast. Well, Amy's a, we're, this is a permanent thing, me and Amy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, this is not a one-time thing. <laughs> this is going to be the thing. Because part of the reason that I had to stop the podcast was because people were so incredibly flaky about they'd commit to it. And then at the last minute, they would bail. And I'm like, what is wrong with people? And I'm like, is this astrological? Is this really what it means to have Saturn on your moon? Everyone just like is like blocked towards you. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't figure it out, but I got really frustrated and tired. And like everything else in my life, I was like, I'm not fighting an uphill battle anymore. You know, the last decade has been so ruthless for me. And so when COVID hit, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> like it's just so much bigger than, like, than the assault, than being defaulted on, than like the death of my brother or my cousin or anything else that I had been through in the last decade. When COVID happened and the world shut down, I was like, nah, I'm, I'm out. I am not pushing back on this one. Like whatever sticks, great, but I'm not pushing back. And and so I got creative. I did what I could. I taught a lot of astrology, and I actually. Actually, I continued coaching up until December 2021. Uh, I wrapped up all work because I was leaving the country and I decided against distractions while I was away. But I'm back. I have relocated to Florida, to South Florida, because I like me Latin people. And yeah, so let's let's hit the ground running shall we and like try again yes i feel like we're being tricked i mean honestly i feel like oh okay covid restrictions lifting blah 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 blah. because clearly they want to get reelected. there's that piece of it and then there's the we have another plan anyway so just <laughs> you know, a whole other plan of destruction coming so like just don't even worry about that anymore. That's, that's, that's yesterday's news. So. Well, I like how they lifted the restrictions and then prices went, Whoa! it's like, wait a minute, wait, 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 can we breathe for one second? Well, and not that I want to like talk all about this, but like really historically, if you look at the, the destruction of any economy or empire, like, like on a large scale, it always starts with an event. And then you have, economic destabilization and it's like i've kept saying this i'm like y'all like COVID is just the first step then we're gonna go through an economic collapse and no one wanted to believe me and it's right in line with that pluto return we had our first hit in february our second hit next month the third hit at the end of the year 
and things are going to continue to get worse and worse economically. And then after the economic destabilization, you have things like rioting, right? Because people can't afford it anymore. They, they get to a point where they can't manage it. So buckle up, buttercup. I guess we're in for a... <laughs> this is where you start making the list of like, what are you willing to eat? Is squirrel on the list <laughs> or grasshoppers? What is I was, no, I literally was joking last summer because I was talking to my dad and I said, he's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm breaking my fast. And it was like 5 p.m. And he's like, well, Jesus. I said, yeah, I'm practicing for when inflation hits and I can't afford to eat. You know? <laughs> like, that was Is a that year ago. That Is was that a year ago. <sighs> and inflation has been going up by the minute. I mean, in February, I was saying I paid $53 to fill up my gas tank. And Monday I paid $72. That's a, that's a huge jump in a short period of time. That's not a 20 year span. That's like a four month span. That's scary. So the fact that these things are unraveling, you know, every morning I wake up and I'm like, why did I choose to be born at this time? Why did I choose to be born at this time? <laughs> but then I'm like, but you did. And you're gonna have to just trust the process. So it is what it is. Zero stars. Zero stars. Do not recommend. <laughs> like. Right. And like, I think people like, like one thing about practicing consciousness to the extreme degree that I have in my life is that it just creates so much objectivity. You cannot help but be objective a lot. And so I'm like, as much as people want to dive into religion, oh, this is happening for this reason, and this is happening for this reason, or they want to move into their belief systems, I can't help but just be like, look, y'all, we, cho we all chose to just suffer by being humans. That's the only like common denominator I can find among everything. Right. <laughs> Do you ever look at babies now and you're like, you are a special sort of stupid to come here now? <laughs> I have started looking at children and I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> well, I was definitely at the point in, um, in my own life where I was ready to have a family and all of a sudden COVID happened, right? And you hear your friend's kids in the background and you're like, maybe. <laughs> no, I really was like poised, like, okay, like this is a good time to really start. And then when the earthquake started all around the world with all this shit, I was like, I'm so glad I don't have kids in school right now. Thank God I don't have kids in school. And I just have had so much like compassion for parents during this process because it's been painful to watch because kids just, they, they just follow our lead. They don't know any better. And so to see them go through this and get traumatized, to see infants, like their first look at humanity is with a mask on, like that's so bad. It's so bad. So I, I don't know, but it is what it is. Here we are, right? And, you know, I just make peace every day with the fact that like my life is where it is. There's, 
a lot of reasons I'm scratching my head going, how the hell did I get here? <laughs> you know? So, yeah. And you do, you do consciousness well. And um, it's shifted though with you. And I, it's been interesting to watch. And you're not, not everybody listening to the podcast will know this, but you've always been very good at understanding the human condition and bringing out the best in people. And the more frustrated I get with human beings, Paige is like, they can't help it. It's just the way they are. And I'm like, I just want to shake them or something. And she's like, no, we just have to understand that. And I'm, I, I'm still impressed, even though we joke about kind of how nihilistic we both can get into the swing of like, oh, I think I'm very nihilistic. Burn. But yeah, so the whole the whole thing with this particular episode is just kind of the the idea that consciousness is kind of a trap. And everyone who gets on the consciousness bandwagon is like, yes, I have found the holy grail. Life's going to get better. Um, I found the holy grail at 14. It's been a few decades for me now, and I'm still waiting for things to get better. Where's the payoff? And it's, it's, it's really hard, you know, because, and again, I've had many Pluto transits in the last 10 years. And so I'm kind of like, all right, are we done with the Pluto square? Because it's going to retrograde back within three minutes of a hit. But that's basically turning on the oven to 400 and, and being three seconds away from it beeping saying it's ready. It was ready three seconds earlier, right? It just beeped when it beeped. So I don't know, like that'll end in October and then it'll, it'll finally be done, done, done. But I'm like, is it really just that I'm going through more of a psychological death? Because that's how I feel every day. I'm like, what the fuck is the point? Like everywhere I go in my life, I am just trying so hard to find some sense of like meaning and purpose and joy. And it's tough right now. Like it's really tough with what's going on. So on the one hand, my, my, my process has obviously saved me because I think when you're stuck in duality, you're like, oh, I totally failed to make all, my, all that money and to have a family by a certain age. So therefore I suck. But then if you're more objective, you can go, well, everyone is suffering and this is hell we're living in. And so it does give you that perspective, you know what I mean? Because what's happening in the world is so challenging. I really don't know anyone who is not struggling. Anyone. Right? And so when you, when, you, when you look at it from that perspective, but I think for me, the thing that really um, is challenging is the fact that like, I, I don't know that I, that I even recognized how spoiled I was to have a relationship with yoga that I did because it didn't matter, like the world could be falling apart, but because I had my yoga practice, I felt complete. And ever since that relationship ran its course, I've just been living in this void. So it's really hard. Like I said, I, I don't get like depressed, right? And I'm not an addict, I'm not a drinker, I don't do any of that stuff. I just stare at the wall and go, 
I have seven hours till I can go to bed. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I live such a privileged life. You know what I mean? Like, I over, I've already been to Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Turks and Caicos this year. You know, I'm super healthy. I take really good care of myself and I have plenty of resources. Like, life is good in that respect. And yet, internally, I'm like, And why does the internal kind of block, why does it affect so much, Paige? Because, well, the thing is, Amy, I feel like historically we, we were all stuck in survival. It's like two men in my life recently, one American, one obviously from Costa Rica, two men that I've known, had very different perspectives on how to handle things that were going wrong in their life. The one that was privileged was constantly throwing a pity party. The one that could not, like, like literally had to show up the next day to make sure that his family was okay and that bills were paid, didn't have time to throw a pity party. like just had to roll into the next moment and take care of things. And so I think historically, because survival was the struggle, how are we gonna find food? How, you know, do we have shelter for tonight? Like depending on how far back you go, like all of these things that, that was the fight. But see, I can open my refrigerator and I have food. I, I have electricity. I, and even if I, got kicked out of here, I've got plenty of places to go. Like in our, in our modern day world, we're so spoiled in terms of what we have available to us that it leaves our mind to just, and it's, it's the hardest thing, you know? And this is why I, I, I do what I do because the mind really truly is like your, your greatest asset or your, your, your biggest um, enemy, depending on how you utilize it. And I think that's, the hard part, you know, if you, if you're, if you wake up in a bad state of being like you're, you're not feeling good, your mind's going to be all over that. Like, Oh yeah, well, you know what, that bill didn't, didn't get paid on time. And Oh yeah. You know, like your girlfriend, you know, she's with so-and-so blah, blah, blah. And like our mind will just start racing on stuff that to validate that. Yes. I'm looking up a quote real quick. Cause I don't want to botch it. I'm going to ask you about it. Okay. Okay. So um, Jordan Peterson talks about if somebody makes 60000 a year, after that, the quality of life doesn't change much. If you're making 60000 a year, you know, that's it as a threshold of quality of life, meaning you'll have your food and your shelter and your utilities paid and you shouldn't really be struggling at that point. Um, why, one, do you agree? And it's Jordan Peterson, so if you don't agree, like, we're going to have to make this really good. And two, <laughs> and two, um, why do we get caught in a rat race for more? What is the benefit? What does it really add meaning to our lives or change quality of life? Or are we tricking ourselves? Well, that's really interesting, right? Like, I do agree. I don't know that it's 60,000. I think it depends on where you live. I think that the, the statistic is actually 80, but 
that's a minor detail. Um, either way, I do agree. Because even for myself, when I went to work for myself, I set the bar at like 100, right? Like, I know what I need to take care of myself to travel to not have debt. Like, I know what I need. Um, and to have a nice pot left over to take care of myself should I need a new tire or go to the emergency room, etc. But yeah, beyond that, it's like, it's like, okay, I've eaten dinner. Now what? Come here, Charlie. I've eaten dinner. Now what? Now what do I do? It's really fascinating to me because I, as I've observed myself over the last 10 years, just being stuck in observation mode a lot, I'm like, wow, the event is so meaningless. The anticipation is what we crave more than anything. The anticipation of an event is so much more fun than the event. That's a good point. Can you speak more to that? Like preparing for the wedding, picking out the dress, picking out the food, picking out the wine, picking out the colors. That whole process is so much more fun than just saying I do. Once you say I do, it's done. It's all downhill from there, buddy. <laughs> Seriously, like it's the anticipation. And like even recently when I went to Caicos, so excited, so much adrenaline. And why? Why do we have so much adrenaline? We go to a destination and it doesn't seem to take forever, but then we're coming home. It feels like it takes forever. So I have like the opposite effect. Getting somewhere feels like it takes me so long and getting home, I'm like, oh, I'm home. Hi. Well, I mean, when you're, when you're traveling to a, like an exotic destination that you're excited about, like, oh yeah. When you're like, oh, I'm, I get to go to this new exciting place. You know, it's so, cause you have all this adrenaline and you're anticipating. Right. But then on the way home, you're like, uh, home. I mean, I go to the there's, grocery store. <laughs> But there's no anticipation, you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's, not, it's not the same. So, you know, the anticipation of an event typically is driven by more dopamine than even the event. It's like, ah. And like I said, when I went to Caicos recently, I had that experience. Once I got to the hotel and had to sit there by myself, I was like, mm, I guess I'll go sit on the beach with a pina colada, okay. Like I haven't done this a million freaking times on different beaches. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, let's try a new rum. You know what I mean? It's um, come here, buddy. Charlie. Charlie got injured, and um, I don't know how, but we're, we're we're tending to it, so we're we're taking care of him. Come here, buddy. So if he talks during the podcast, then it's okay because we're going to take care of him. So, so anyway, um, but yeah, back to that quote, you know, I know for myself, like as a coach, I have to get <clears throat> really, really, really honest with people if we're going to break old habits and patterns and create new ones. And I'm like, I am not motivated. I haven't been motivated since COVID. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like in the past, my motivations were based on, I got to hit that target, got to accomplish that goal, got to prove to myself or the world, whatever that I could do it. 
but like I kind of hit the big targets. I hit all mall. I mean, I didn't get into public speaking the way I wanted, but everything has shifted anyway as a result of COVID. So it's not really the same. Um, and yeah, I don't have the same and or the same things to, to draw me into doing or creating anymore that I once did. And it's really weird. It's like, okay, so how do I create from this place then? Because it's, I'm not motivated to prove anything. When I was in my 20s, I was very motivated to prove that I could buy the house, buy the car, you know, make six figures. Um, there was like, I really had to prove I could do it. And that part of me's dead. Like, she's gone. So what's next? That's just it. That's my point. I'm just like, <laughs> is there gonna? Am I still? Am I still awaiting the rebirth, Pluto? Like, where is? Or, or is this just what it means when you get this conscious? So, Paige, let's just put this out there. If there are any sugar daddies that don't want sugar watching, Paige and I, you can email. <laughs> don't want sugar watching? I don't get that. Sugar daddies that don't want sugar. Paige. <laughs> Paige. I, mean, I can be really slow sometimes. Like, I know I'm really on point Paige. with some big stuff, but like, what? <laughs> it almost makes the joke that much better because I have to keep repeating it. Sugar daddies that don't want any sugar. Say hello. I don't know if you're talking about sex or money. Or oh, no. They have... The sugar daddy part is the money part. Not wanting sugar is the sex part. There oh. is no sugar available, but we would like your money. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but even money, it's like <laughs> that. That obviously feels security, you know. But like, right. but I still gotta do something with myself every day, right? Then we're gonna get you a llama. So if I had like big, big, big money, right? Like big money that I could like really put into something at this point in my life, I maybe I would do like taking care of animals or something. Um, that would be an option, but I don't know. I've considered that I've considered, but I wouldn't do it here. I would go do a rescue like in Central America somewhere. Oh, that's super cool. Because I figure why spend hundreds of thousands to set up something here when I could spend 30, 40, 50,000 down there. You know what I mean? So I've really enjoyed being in Central America and learning about certain aspects of how they do things economically, that's for sure. When you were feeding the monkey. <laughs> Paige was feeding a monkey a mango the one day trying. in Costa Rica. I was trying and, and George wasn't having it. George, George just wanted the knife. George was the murderous monkey. <laughs> he was like shiny. I like the shiny. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> but, but yeah, the whole, the whole thing about like consciousness, it's, it's, 
it's like a double-edged sword. Like on the one hand, you kind of need it to move out of pain, but on the other hand, the awareness will bring you into a place where you're like, well, what the fuck is the point? It's hard. It really is. And so like distraction, distraction can be this, this thing that keeps you from being present, but distraction can also be this thing that gives you meaning. So weird. Right? So like, now that I, I, I feel like, okay, I'm coming full circle now that I'm seeing it from that perspective as well. Like, you can't get to this enlightened place from the space of the ego, which we talk about in my book, right? You, you just can't do it because as long as you're in human form, you're going to filter things through the ego. But like, even to have moments of that, they're empty. They're not like this euphoric thing. They're empty. That's what it is. Because if you're not going to identify with anything, then you feel void. You feel just the absence of everything. And I think people don't understand that. And so no. it's, it's a great transitional space, but when you're there a long time, it's very difficult. And I've been here a very long time. So, um, yeah. Well, and how, how difficult is it Paige? You know, you wrote the book. So it, it comes down to when you're dealing with people that don't have a level of consciousness similar and they're stuck in their pain, how, how does someone who has more consciousness than the person they care about who's in pain, not dealing with it well, how do you deal with that person? How do you, manage your own pain when you're fed up, you know, you're fed up with life circumstances or how life's going, or you don't know what's next. Can you speak to those things for the listeners? What do you mean? Like if you're in a relationship and someone is struggling more than you? Yeah. So say you have, um, a couple who one person is very conscientious. They've worked very hard on themselves and the other person has not done the same work they're not at the same level and you know you're trying to help them through their pain but they can't see the way through how should someone who has gotten to a level of consciousness that's you know up here deal with someone who hasn't taken that journey we'll start with that as like question one it's kind of like a parent and a child, and even though you don't look down on them like a kid, but you would, you would respond the same way. Obviously, if your five-year-old is yelling at you, you're not like, oh my God, they hate me. You're like, oh my God, you need to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like here, you respond a little bit differently. And, and so it's kind of like that. Again, objectivity is so helpful because you can recognize that they're stuck in their pain and giving them space actually without reacting, without matching their pain, helps them to grow. It does actually help them to go, oh, it's safe here. I don't have to resort to this to be validated, to be heard. And um, so you'll get some stretching. I think though, ultimately and unfortunately, um, everyone has their own limitations, right? And so at some point you're, you know, when it comes to relationships, 
it's all just this constant negotiation and then this, this bumping up against each other's limitations. Right? Like, I want to see you again. Do you want to see me again? I would like it if you would do this for me because that makes me feel safer, more comfortable. Well, I really need this from you in order to da 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 da. So it's this constant negotiation when you're dealing with relationships. And then every once in a while, you hit this point where they're like, I can't stretch beyond that. I can't offer that. That's not a resource I can offer or vice versa. And, and so there's that part of it. And then you have, there's like another piece to your question, I think. Yeah. And then even if someone has done a lot of work on their consciousness and showing up and being mindful, but there's that end of the rope moment where you just get to this place and you're like, I don't know where to go anymore. The road's out. And I don't, want to turn back around. I don't even know how at this point. Um, now what, what, what happens when that, that would be your own limitation showing up. Okay. That'd be your own limitation. Showing but how up. do you navigate that when you're just fed up with the process? Cause we're talking about that nihilism tonight, right? Where we get to that point where we're just like, I don't want to, and I'm not going to. And now what? And that to me would be like, if you're working out and you're, you're physically can't lift weights that much more, you just can't lift it. That's the psychological part of you going, I can't lift it. I'm burnt out right now. I need to rest. And then you do, you rest and you recover. And then you, you decide if you can tackle the issue again or not, you know, and it would depend obviously on what's happening in that dynamic because there's this person is trying to grow, they're making an effort and it's slow and maybe they suck at it or the behavior is just abusive, right? So like if someone's being abusive, you, you have to make a call on whether or not you want to tolerate it. You know, you have to see it for what it is. Like if they're going out of their way to be, to be spiteful, mean or unkind, well then now, now you're the idiot for putting up with it, right? Mm -hmm. But if they're making an effort, self-reflecting, stretching, right? Then, then you go, okay, they're, they're trying. They're but showing either, up. But, but either way, you have to work with your own limitations too. That makes sense. And we all have them, you know? So... I have a lot more patience these days than I did before, but it's because of the objectivity. It's like, okay, this person is just not, they don't have the skill set. It has nothing to do with me. They just don't have the skill set. And that's something you taught me that has definitely helped a lot when you can look at people and go, oh, that's not mine. That's yours. Like you can, mm -hmm. you can keep that, keep that over there. Cause I used to take it on and I'd like wear it. I'd be like, Oh, okay. So it's, it's me. I'm the problem. And now I'm just like, Oh, hmm. sorry. You feel that way about yourself. <laughs> like, so I know that helps. Right. Yeah, no, totally. So, you know, consciousness is just this, 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 this continual like thing that we go through. Like I don't look at things in the hierarchy. I know a lot of people do. It's funny the people who hate hierarchies the most tend to operate from them. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. For me, I look at everything as like a cycle and things are always just going around, right? That whole wheel process. And, 
you know, sometimes it's a beautiful day and everything comes easy. And then the next day, everything falls apart and it's dark and it's difficult, right? But the sun's going to shine again. So for me, I look at everything. I talk with my hands, sorry. I look at everything as just being cyclical and some cycles last longer than others, you know? And like, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. It's totally not necessary as, as per usual, Amy. (laughs) Cause you said the sun will shine again. And I was going to ask if you listened to the song. I sent you. You did. You snuck and listened to it. <laughs> From Annie? No. I <laughs> it's in my head. Why do I got to turn it on? Like, I know the song. <laughs> That's good. I, I mean, I wasn't going to out the song, but I did send Annie. I know. But yeah, I mean, I... And then I have to remind myself, like, where do the ex- where does this expectation come from that life is anything but constant adversity? That's what my dad taught me. He's like, uh, little girl, let me just let you know that life is just overcoming one adversity after the next. That's what life is. And you either get better because you're willing to adapt or it piles up because you go into disassociation, denial, deflection, all that other stuff, you know, drug addiction, and it just piles up, right? Like when we confront life, we lighten our load. When we avoid life, we actually compound our load. Which is why for me, authenticity is so fucking important because I'm always trying to lighten my load. And I have no problem being like really transparent, you know what I mean? Because it can't be used against me if I'm taking ownership for it. So I'm like, whatever. But not true. But yeah, I mean, I think if you go long enough on the spectrum of consciousness and you really just practice not identifying with everything as a way to cope, they'll be like, well, shit, no, I'm not got nothing to identify with. You know what I mean? Like, and that can be equally as challenging as the rest. For sure. So I think consciousness is a little bit of a trap. I'm not going to lie. There's just, there's just, there's no path that's going to exempt you from pain, from struggle. And, you know, I get really irritated with these like younger, like, like the, like the Gen Z manifestors, like they really think that they can like, and I was one of them for a period of time, I believe this too, that like I could outrun the ego, like I could figure out a way to get ahead of it so that I wouldn't ever have to deal with things like pain and struggle and suffering. But the reality is we are only ever as good as our own blind spot. And life is always going to throw you something new to deal with, even if it's the absence of everything. And you're like, well, fuck now what? Yeah. Like, is that the lesson? you've dealt me everything else. And now that I've learned to not identify with it, you're teaching me how to not identify with nothing. Okay. Good times. <laughs> I had, I had something to ask. It flew away. That's all right. I mean, 
for the record audience, like this is not necessarily like me answering Amy's questions. Amy is incredibly intelligent and we have great dialogues, but for this first podcast, I know she wanted to take advantage of my brain a little bit. So just FYI. Yeah. And it, it comes from a hysterical conversation we had when I sent her Annie tomorrow. Um, because Paige and I can both get in those places and I, I say it different. Paige will just be like, I just don't, what's the point? And then here's me. I'm like, let it burn. Let it all burn. And like, um, we were just laughing the one night and she's like, we should restart the podcast. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. That would be fun because we do have a great dialogue. And the other cool thing about Paige and I is like, we don't see everything eye to eye, but it's not like some blowout fight. We kind of just have a discourse, right? Like we, we talk about it. I, I, I had it again for one second and it flew away. <laughs> um, wow. It was a good one too. Um, yeah. Charlie. You can hear him. I'm glad he's up and about. I want to see his little face. I know. I'm just, I'm concerned about how he's feeling. I just want to make sure that this doesn't turn into an infection that he's got. I'm just really concerned. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I'm identified with being their parent. I want to make sure my Charlie's okay. And I am identified with my vanity because as, as like empty as I feel some days, I'm like, yeah, I'm still not gonna like go drink my sorrows away or get fat. Like that's still not gonna happen. So, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> I'm still gonna get up and go running tomorrow and lift weights and like do all that. Yeah, because why not? But but anyway, so the consciousness pathway, you know, and with everything that's happening in the world right now, people are waking up and and you know. People are so desperate to have something to lean on and it's hard. It's really hard to like be in this state of chaos where you have, where all of your belief systems and what you thought about life and reality is now being shattered. That's, that's difficult. It really is. And a lot of people, a lot of people, I've heard this from so many people. I had this plan and 2020 was going to be my year and I was getting on track. I was so excited. And then the bottom fell out mm -hmm. and, and suicide rates are outrageous. I mean, they, the suicide rate on children, one of my authors does outreach for children. It's so staggering. He and I have sat on the phone and cried, you know, because, um, I got a message the one day from a friend on Facebook, you know, Hey, my, my 12 year old neighbor killed himself in the yard last night in the backyard. And I'm sitting there like, what type of world have we created for the children? You know, that they feel so helpless and hopeless. And, um, you know, the abuse statistics from families being home together during COVID where these kids used to be able to escape to school from watching their mothers be beat or being beat or, you know, just talk about it, molested themselves. Um, what have we done? What are the long-term implications? And can we recover these things? You know, these are the things 
the conscious adults are thinking about and my God, like it'll blow your, your mind. Cause you sit there and you're like, can we fix what we've done at this point? And we allowed it. So now but again, I mean, it just goes back to my whole like thing. People have these belief systems. Like I'm going to get married by the time I'm 30 and I'm going to build an empire empire by the time I'm 40. And I'm going to, you know, whatever, be a priest and, 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 and I'm going to make Jesus proud or whatever the thing is. Right. And everyone's got these beliefs, you know, and this is all happening because of a lot of religious beliefs. And it's kind of like when my brother died and my mom had this like belief around like overdose and suicide that if you died like that, you'd go to hell until her own son died like that. And then of course she was like, well, I don't know if I want to believe that anymore. Right. So everyone's kind of in that space of, well, I don't know if I want to agree with that anymore because my paradigm isn't exactly working out the way I thought it would. And again, it just goes back to the whole thing. It's like, I don't know that there really truly is a grand purpose or meaning in life. All of the work I've done with all of the research I've done with all of the studying I've done, I don't know that there is except to just have the experience and experience doesn't guarantee that it's good. We as humans decide what is good, right? Like I should have been married with five kids by now. That would be a good woman in Western civilization these days. Right. So like there's good things you're supposed to do and good things you're supposed to accomplish and, ex and experience. But again, like the human condition is to suffer. And even if you give everyone what they want in here, we still suffer. So I just have to wonder, like, is the whole point of this existence to bring us back to the challenge of how to deal with our suffering? But what is the point then? Because like, I don't know. I mean, and, and then that's where maybe you could get religious again or more philosophical and go, well, you know, it's, it's a soul thing. Like our souls incarnated to maybe have the experience for whatever reason, but like, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not set in any one particular belief system, but I've heard some uh, philosophies talk about the fact that like earth is supposed to be hell compared to other places. Well, we decided to try it for a day, you know, a blip in time and, and, and see what it was like. And, and maybe that's really what it is. So I guess my point with the whole consciousness thing is it's like, we're striving to get to this place where we're always experiencing inner peace. But even in the search of that inner peace and the, the, the undoing of the layers of pain, we find emptiness, which in itself is not comfortable, right? So again, it brings us back to the experience of managing the suffering, managing the pain. Well, this isn't comfortable either. I got rid of all my distractions and now I'm left with this. Mm. You know, are there moments of bliss and peace? Absolutely. But it's not exclusive. It's not exclusive, I guess. So it's like, the, the idea that like you can, you can go on this journey and get away from the human condition. It's, it's not true. You'll just find other experiences to draw you back to challenge this in the moment is my point. So, so what is the obsession and culture of creating these um, highlight real lives on social media where it's like, Oh, look, my kids never have a dot of ice cream on their shirt and our marriage is wonderful. And like, 
why do people the, think anybody believes it anymore? Well, <laughs> like, people do. People are so freaking naive, Amy. People will believe anything they see on social media. It blows my mind. And the people who are posing the most are hiding know, the most. They're hiding the most. Like I posted it just maybe a few weeks ago. I was like, I'm so sick and tired of seeing people I grew up with posting about how happy they are and their marriages and their kids. They're all cheating on their wives. And I'm like, this is so gross. You know, it's like, it's yeah. just, it's, it's just the modern day way of like gossiping and keeping up with the Joneses. That's all social media is. So we should all just go by our favorite like location, snap pictures and be like, look at the house I just bought. <laughs> oh, look, look at this kid. I don't know this kid's name, but it's my kid now. And I mean, that's how it feels to me. It's so inauthentic and it's kind of like, why do you want to create this illusion for people to be jealous of or desire? No, again, it's to fill that, that empty place. For them, okay. Because when, when you go without the distractions, when you go without those things, that's what it is. It's empty. Right. And, and being with emptiness or a void is not comfortable. And again, the feeling of peace, having inner peace, that's not static. That's, that's, that's in flux. You can have contentment and peace. Those things are all there, but like you have to earn them. And then you have to recognize that they're not always going to be there. And you get to be uh, observant of the emptiness as well, but people don't want to do that. So it's like they're, they're chasing dopamine whether it's through alcohol, sex, social media posts, like they're just chasing dopamine. Like I wish at the rate that I posted on social media, I got high from it. Like I'd never be in a bad mood if that was the case. <laughs> like ever. I'd be like, yes, here's another one. Here's another one. I do it all day long, but I, I don't, I don't get anything out of it. I just do it out of habit because of my work from before. I'm not even doing it anymore, but like from before, right? But people, yeah. And like, like they've done studies, right? Like the more likes you get, like the more your dopamine goes up or whatever your, your receptors react and stuff. So um, it's a real thing, you know, but, but people, people are also terrified of anyone knowing the truth because no one wants to confront the feeling of I failed. I feel See, I'm comfortable in that space of, you know, and we have these discussions of authenticity. Like, for instance, I'm a mother. I adore my children, but sometimes I don't like being a mother. And it has nothing to do with motherhood. It has to do with my marriage failed. We know this. We've talked about this before in the past. This isn't the ideal. And it is difficult. And there's days where I'm like, I am rocking this. And then there's days where I'm like, I'm really bad at this. And like, right. But people who fear judgment, they, they can't handle it. They need everyone to think that their life is perfect. They don't want to look at the imperfections either. Mm. So they're like hiding from themselves in a sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is really not healthy. Like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. 100%. So yeah, people, I mean, it's so sad because it's like 99% of humanity that's like living in this bullshit, you know, like Mm -hmm. 
behind closed doors, someone might be a Trump supporter, but out in the open, they'll be damned if they let anyone know. Like that kind of duality, right? Like, and and I get self-preservation to the extent to where something is private. Right. I don't get self-preservation to the point where something is bullshit. (laughs) You know, like... Well, and like, like my admission just now, again, I adore my children and my children adore me because I can have that moment with them where I'm like, okay, run along and play in the yard because I just want to stay here with the book for a minute. And, but they come see me, you know, and I feel like we have that healthy arrangement. Cause like, they'll tell me too, like, not right now, mom, we want to play over here. We're playing dinosaurs, leave us alone. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, have yourself some dino time. We're good. But you know, there's, I don't know. I think that's a big one for me because I see these mothers on social media where they create these perfect photo shoots, you know, every month. And, but you don't, you don't really see anything else. And then there's mothers like me who won't even put their kids on social media because I'll be gosh darned if some sicko's looking at my kids, you know, like, no, thank you. It's just a a facade. I mean, if someone is wanting to talk about the bad times as much as I talk about the good times, what does that tell you? It tells me. What does it like, tell you? Because no one lives a life that's static with good, just good times. Nobody. No, but you know, we, we've discussed this back in the day, but like when I was in an abusive marriage, it was like, oh, he's a wonderful father and he's a great husband and he takes care of us. None of those things were true. Oh, I, know. I wanted them to be true. But well, and that's, that's, again, I mean, you, you know, the, the, the degree to which someone is boasting about their partner. Yeah. So. When really it's I like, he gets on my nerves and he farts in his sleep. And like, <laughs> yeah, but, well, everyone does that. But I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is that people are so afraid of. People are so terrified of being seen and I don't get it because the more I allow myself to be seen, like it becomes, it's a practice for me to stand up for me. Like me being seen is Paige saying I'm worth it. So so when people are not willing to be seen, it's like they're telling themselves I'm not worth it. So for me, I'm like, yes, look at me, look at me, see me because I'm worth it. Like in my brain, they work together because I'm showing up for myself. If I were to live in duality, I would be like, that can't be seen. That aspect of me is not good enough. So don't let anyone know. That's why I like when people comment bullshit. I'm like, are you trying to shame me? Like, because it's, it's. Again, and it goes back to the level of consciousness people are at, you know, they, they don't know any better and people are terrified. People are so terrified. Like people, for the most part, Amy, live in fear. It is true. I mean, I, I think this last decade, in some ways, like, does, does fear come up? Of course, because it's a natural part of like the reptilian brain for it just to pop in. But, but the greater hole that's been through so much is like, I don't even have time. Like, uh, okay. 
And I mean, all right. So there's, all right. So there's a baby food shortage. Um, well, uh, well, I'm okay. You know, it's like, and it's, and I don't know if maybe that's just a little bit of trauma carrying over from the fact that I, I just, I'm numb at this point. I don't have the energy to react to my own fears anymore, but I don't, I just don't have the energy anymore. I'm like, or it could be based on the, a practice of, I just confront it in the moment. Okay. Like, okay. No, well, you totally do though. She caught a scorpion in a cup guys, sends me a picture. And then she's like, can you hear it tapping while she's just sitting there <laughs> eating next to it? Cause she's like, I'm hungry. I'm not dealing with this right now. Like, I'm hungry. And seriously, you kind of are fearless. Cause you're like living out in the middle of nowhere, Costa Rica. And there could have, there could have been like panthers. I don't know. There could have been, like, been predators and pages just like, hold on. I just want to go walk outside. No. You know? I just recognize that fear doesn't protect. Right. Fear amplifies the opportunity to attract what you don't want. So it's like, ah, uh, no. But I also don't have the energy. Like fear requires a tremendous amount of psychological energy and the older I get, the less energy I have for fear. Does that make sense? Like it takes so much psychological brain power to feed fear. And I, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I had written another question for you. Um, is there anything you have learned in your consciousness, like, you know, learning, that's horrible wording, sorry, that you would unlearn that you wish had never gone in? Or if you saw someone else learning this thing, would you be like, stop now, it's going to ruin your life? Well, as far as practices go, no, there's nothing that I wish that I could unlearn as a practice. There's been certain beliefs that I've had along the way that were not healthy, like, like law of attraction. Like I can just manifest whatever I want. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> My favorite. It doesn't work like that. I'm so sorry for the people I'm about to jump all over your feels. Um, my favorite is when I see the manifesting posts and they're like, I don't have to do anything. Just sit here and be me and everything is coming to me. And here's me. Please explain that to my fridge because I am hungry and I don't feel like cooking. And I, I want food right now. I'll just stay here. It's going to come to me or, you know, and I, I see it a lot, a lot where they're just like, I don't have to do anything except for my affirmations and it's all coming at me. I, it's going to chase me down. And I'm like, well, again, that just goes back to the fact that like we're human. I don't live in 5d. I think in 5d sometimes, but I don't live there. Right. Like I live in a reality where the gas today is like 550 a gallon. That's reality. And so the reconciliation of certain things, again, that old part of me that thought that I could outrun certain experiences if I got conscious enough, I, I do feel like I wasted a lot of time and I, and I intertwined it with perfectionism because it was like, if I get it just right, then I'll have the perfect 
everything. Instead of embracing the imperfections, which I learned later on the path, of, instead of seeking perfection, I sought to love the imperfection and work with things as they were instead of how I wanted them to be. But when you're young and you're, you're new to the path, you're like, I can totally have that house and car. And like, if my, mar if my husband does anything wrong, he's not the right guy, right? And so the perfectionistic aspect of the law of attraction is I think what ruined a lot for me because I was obsessed with it being, it had to look a certain way in order for it to be part of my attracting experience, right? Instead of taking what was available and embracing it. But again, I, you know, that's, that's, that's where I was at in my path. Like, and you do, you go through those, those layers. It's like, it's like the, the person who goes vegan and then only hangs out with vegans because you don't want to be challenged. So you're only going to hang out with vegans, right? And anyone else that isn't vegan is, is bad, right? That's where you're at. You set that boundary to protect yourself, not because you've actually evolved to a place where you can love. Truly, you're just like, ah, don't challenge my perception of reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And instead of working with the challenge, you go, you're just not right because if you were right, you wouldn't challenge my, my perception. I but again, see. we don't live in 5D. So we don't manifest to exactitude. We live in 3D. So yeah. that, 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 karmic, that karmic reality is going to always, always play a role. But, um, but anyway, it's, we're rounding out the hour now, and I don't want to keep the listeners on the line forever. Um, but stay tuned. If you enjoy conversations like this, we're going to be having them regularly now. Hey, and so random and you have no idea I'm about to do this to you, but I think we need to talk about this whole divine masculine and divine feminine movement as well. Yeah. Well, and then we'll save that for next time. For yeah. Sure. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe that's our next topic is because one thing that like as a coach, like I'm really burnt out on the business stuff. Like, I don't even want to tend to my own business stuff in my, in my LLC, right? Like, I, I'm burned out on that. But one thing that I've been drawn to and I've been researching and studying and observing ever since before COVID was relationships and, um, you know, just the interpersonal dynamic. So that's kind of like where I'm at in terms of my work and stuff. And I think we'll be having a lot of conversations based on that. So yeah, yeah, we can talk about the masculine and the feminine. That's a big one. So Amy, thank you so much. And uh, do you have anything else you want to say before we close? No. You're good? Uh-huh. All righty. Well, thank you for joining us, guys. And um, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.